when the iliacus and the psoas are tight, they play tug of war with the back of the hip. So that's the glute, the piriformis, some of the deep hip rotators. Um, and those muscles have chosen to also contract oftentimes as a result of the iliacus and psoas being tight. So we want to release not just the front, but we want to release the, the, you know, the secondary effect of that, which is tightness in the back. And so really using a ball to put prolonged pressure on muscles that are kind of to the side of your tailbone uh, will help with that. You're listening to Christine Koth talking about techniques you can do at home to release tight muscles of the hip. We also cover the types of exercise you want to avoid if you have back pain and tight hip flexors, such as deep lunges and deep squats, among others. You'll also learn the serious problem with yoga and the way it's taught these days in the Western world and how to make sure that if you do practice yoga, you do it in a way that helps your back rather than puts you at risk of injury. So keep listening for the last part of Christine's interview for all that good stuff and more. Quote of the day, which sportsman, holder of a Congressional Gold Medal, who was featured on a £5 note issued by the Bank of Scotland, said, when I want a long ball, I spin my hips faster. Answer at the end of today's show. Thanks for joining me for episode 43 of the Back Pain Liberation podcast. My name's Ian Barker, here to help you find your way out of chronic back pain. And it's good to be back podcasting after a long hiatus. Teaching the Back Pain Liberation System has been taking up all my time over the last months, and I just haven't been able to get any episodes out. So here we are in May, which is Improve Your Posture Month. And that seems like a great time to get back into it. So stay tuned for the last episode with Christine Koth. Just a reminder, quote of the day, which sportsman, holder of a Congressional Gold Medal, who was featured on a £5 note issued by the Bank of Scotland, said, when I want a long ball, I spin my hips faster. Answer at the end of today's show. So let's get straight back into the interview with Christine. Yes. You know, I'm all, like I said earlier, I'm all about efficiency. Like I want you to yep. get the absolute most important things um, done and, you know, take away all the fluff, take away all the extra things. And that's why I broke it down into these, these three steps. These three things are the most essential pieces of the puzzle. And yep. without doing all three, the results, you know, are, are, are not going to happen. Or if you choose to, you know, these, just these three things are just really, really important. Yep. The first thing is to release the front of the hip. And this is yep. what we talked about releasing the iliacus. Yep. In the book, I give three ways to do that. You can use mm -hmm. the hip hook, which will be available in a few months and you can pre-order soon. Okay. Um, you can also use a three and a half um, inch to four inch ball. Uh, okay. now this is not as effective as a hip hook because it can't put pressure in towards the iliacus, but indirectly by pulling on the fascia it does do, it does release, um, a little bit of the psoas and iliacus. So it's definitely, yeah. if you don't have the hip hook, um, or you don't have access to that, it's still an effective tool and will give you a good, a good amount of relief. Yep. 
And then the other option would be to have someone do it, release it for you. So whether you take your book, you know, into your physical therapist or your massage therapist or chiropractor and say, can you do this technique on me? (laughs) That's one suggestion. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, you know, have had many people use their partners or friends or, you know, people that can, you know, come over and, and deliver that technique, um, to so you can't do it with your own fingers on your own iliacus then? You know, you can really, because it's, it's awkward, you know, you have to put yeah, your okay. own yeah. hand inside your pelvis. You can yeah. um, get at it a little bit, but yeah. you get tired pretty quick because you're not, yeah. you don't have the right leverage, the right yeah. angle. Um, it's definitely worth poking in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But so as a lay person then, say if, um, you know, you wanted to get your partner to do it, could would they be able to find it with, with their with their fingers and, and put pressure on it? Yeah, well, part of it is, you know, it's a communication between you as the person receiving the treatment and the person delivering the treatment, right? So yeah. um, I talk about in the book, you know, you okay. find the front of the pelvis and you know, if you put your hands on your hips and you have your fingertips at the tip of your pelvis, the front of your pelvic bone, yeah, you yeah, feel that yeah. bony prominence that sticks out. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's your ASIS, it's called. And inside that, right inside that bone is where the iliacus lives. Yeah. So okay. that is right where you want to be pressing. And if you're using, um, you know, your partner, for example, to press on that muscle, they would be opposite opposite of that muscle so standing if you're releasing the right side they'd be standing on the left side so they can lean directly into the bone and right into that inside part of where the pelvis lives and i I have pictures in the book that explain this but i also have videos um that are available through social media media as well that that explain it in real real time brilliant fantastic i'm I'm all about self-help so i love that idea that you can uh, just sort of you know get your get your partner yeah, to, yeah. to release your iliacus for you yeah brilliant you know with a book and, and a, a video mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah brilliant so then the next stage step two release the back of the hip right so we're we want to release the villains you know I talked earlier about that that there's the when the iliacus and the psoas are tight they play tug of war with the back of the hip so that's the glute the piriformis some of the deep hip rotators yeah. Um, and those muscles have chosen to also contract oftentimes yeah. as a result of the iliacus and psoas being tight. So we want to release not just the front, but we want to release the, the, you know, the secondary effect of that, which is tightening yeah. in the back. And so really using a ball to put prolonged pressure on muscles yeah. that are kind of to the side of your tailbone uh, yeah. will help with that. And then once the front and the back of the hip are relaxed, you know, and that tension yeah. has dissipated, then yeah. you want to make sure that the pelvis is in its proper alignment. Because yeah. with that tightness of the iliacus and psoas, it pulls the pelvis forward. And likely your body has gotten used to that, you know, it's kind of used yeah. to having that forward rotation. Yeah. So we use the realignment exercises to help pull the pelvis back into alignment, kind of giving yourself your own adjustment in a way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that exercise kind of is a, is a reinforcement telling your body, okay, now this is the new you. This is the new version of how this pelvis is going to be. It's going to be relaxed. It's going to be in alignment. Um, and then over time, your body starts to remember what it's like to, to be 
aligned and not rotated. And that's where that re-education process comes in place. So it's really Fantastic. those three things. Those three things are the key. Brilliant. Yeah. That all seems, um, that all makes perfect sense to me and it seems quite straightforward. Yes. And I do talk about other things in the book after that. They're more of things that are supportive for your iliacus. You know, how do you make sure that your iliacus stays happy? Um, yeah. So I talk about, you know, various modifications and how you can choose to sit, um, how you can choose to sit in meditation, maybe um, yeah. modifications of driving, you know, your driving posture, uh, other kinds of stretches and exercises, which will help stabilize the hip and make sure that um, the muscles that are around that iliacus and psoas are, are functioning properly. Yeah. So, you know, those things are all also important, but, um, you know, if you were to just do the three steps, it would, it would be a drastic improvement, um, and really helping to relax that, that muscle and get your hips back in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned a little bit later on in the book, core strength was it, when, what do you mean exactly? Cause a core strength means different things to different people, doesn't it? So when you say core strength, what do you mean? The core is your middle part of your body. You know, it's, yeah. the, it's really, you know, if you like a band around your hip area. And so, you know, to me, the core is your abdominal muscles, your back muscles, and then all your hip muscles. So the front and back of your hip. It's yeah. kind of like an inner tube that goes around your abdomen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. these muscles are really what holds and controls um, the stability of this foundation that we've been talking about, which is the pelvis. Yeah. And so we want the muscles, like I talk about, for example, one of the exercises that I talk about is the, is the clamshell exercise. Yeah. Which is oftentimes one that many people are familiar with, but I've been doing it incorrectly. So I talk about yes. that. Yes, yeah. Um, and that muscle really isolates the gluteus medius muscle, which is in the outside yeah. of your hip. Um, mm -hmm. And that muscle is really important for stabilizing the hip joint and your connection of your leg to your pelvis. Um, so we really want those muscles that are around the hip and the pelvis to be doing their job, be activated, be strong, um, have really good communication with the brain so that they can do their job of keeping everything kind of in place and in alignment and functioning properly as you're healing. Yeah. Makes sense. Hmm. Okay. And you say that we should be, um, sort of careful with, uh, quite a few different types of exercise, for instance, yoga or, or Pilates that a lot of people would think would be sort of quite healthy ways to exercise. Yeah. So when you have issues with a tight hip, tight hip flexor, there's certain things that um, you want to be cautious about as you are um, rehabilitating from that. Um, so two, two things. One is that as you're kind of rehabilitating, trying to get the muscle to relax and get you back into having an aligned pelvis, we don't want to be really overusing the iliacus and psoas. So we want to avoid exercises that use those muscles a lot. Yeah. You know, and we can, we can use them. We're using them every step we take, you know, yeah. every moment of our life. 
Um, yeah. But, you know, we don't need to give them more work to do. They're already mm. overworked and, and angry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so the things that would be using them excessively would be um, certain certain poses in Pilates where you're yeah. you know, lifting both legs up off the ground or one leg at a time off the ground. Um, there are also many things you can do in Pilates that are very, very useful for the core, but those particular ones, I caution you, uh, you know, to maybe limit for the time being, um, also really deep squats and lunges because lunges in particular put you in a position where one leg is forward and the other one is back and that can, can encourage a rotated pelvis. Okay. Um, and yeah. similarly, deep squats, like we talked about, can really um, cause too much strain to those muscles that are really their job is to hold that area together. So, you know, instead of doing a deep squat, you do a box squat, you know, go down to 90 degrees or, you know, a chair squat. Um, yeah. Instead of doing a deep lunge, you know, you do a, a lunge that, you know, isn't so deep, or you go to doing box squats, which is symmetrical and not causing one leg forward and the other one backwards. Yeah. So it's really just about, you know, really treating, um, you know, giving those, those hip flexors a break, you know, when they're injured, they're unhappy, they're tight. Um, we don't want Mm. to ask them to work more, you know? Yeah. That makes, uh, yeah. Yeah, I get that. You can just see that. You can just see them rolling their eyes like, really? Yeah. You want me to work more? (laughs) Yeah. Well, when I first um, got back problems and, um, you know, I I sort of heard from a lot of different sources that exercise was was good for for back problems. Mm -hmm. So this was a long time ago. um, And in those days, to me, training and exercise meant things like running, or going to the gym. So I'd hit the gym and pump weights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I particularly do weight training, things like um, lap pull downs or uh, bent over um, dumbbell rows, this kind of thing. And wow, that made the back pain worse. Mm-hmm. And for exactly the same reason that these muscles, they're already tense, Yes, you know, and by, by working them like that, you know, pump, pumping big weights. Yes. I was just making them more tense. Yes. <laughs> it, I, I, and in the end, I, I just had to stop. I stopped all weight training, nothing for ages mm-hmm. because it just, it, it just made even body weight training, like any push-ups and stuff would, would make my shoulders hurt. Yeah. Uh, and, and not the actual muscles I was trying to work, but the, you know, the, the traps the, the, on, on my back, but the shoulders um, in between the shoulder blades. And it's for exactly that, that reason, mm-hmm. just uh, giving overworked muscles more work. More work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like putting putting fuel into the fire. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um I and I found it was similar to what you described, not exactly the same but similar that the thing to do was was to relax these kind of surface mm-hmm. mover muscles mm-hmm. and and let the core muscles of well what what I think of as core muscles is the the spine hold me upright and give these the surface muscles a break. Mm-hmm. And yeah just calm everything down and you know what a difference life-changing right well there's certain types of exercise like walking you know which is super simple we underestimate the power of that um which can be really great for you know it's not straining the body too much you know many times just a nice gentle walk um, yeah. is really helpful for back pain, you know, because yeah. it helps on the mental level. It helps on the, you yeah. know, the, the circulation or, you know, really just helps yeah. everything mobile. Um, 
you know, those are the kinds of, that's the kind of exercise that, you know, can, is safe, you know, super safe yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever had that thing where you know there's something that you should really do, but it just seems too difficult? Maybe you're put off by thoughts of a steep learning curve or how much you'll have to do to make it happen. Maybe you worry that it won't work at all or that it will be really expensive. Then when you finally do it, it's not such a big deal after all. Everything turns out well and you wish you'd done it ages ago. I had exactly this recently. So I've been teaching the back pain liberation system via individual coaching for a number of years now. Of course, I want to help as many people as possible out of the misery of chronic back pain. But I'd always shied away from group classes online because it just seemed too difficult to set up technically. So I was talking to a good friend and she was telling me about some fitness classes she does on a Facebook group. So she's not the instructor, she's turning up and working out. I really picked her brains about how it all worked and I understood that of course the classes were live streamed video. And it was this story of someone else doing something that I'd been avoiding out of fear of the unknown really that gave me the push I needed. Of course when I put my mind to it, it wasn't such a mountain to climb to set up my own live stream sessions and I got all my ducks in a row without too much difficulty. So are you putting off doing something that you know you should really do to get to where you want to be? Are you doing everything you can to fix your back problems? Or are you stuck doing the same old stuff that doesn't get to the root of the problem? Are you hoping that a therapist or maybe a new mattress will magically fix everything? Or are you taking too many pain meds? I'm here to tell you that regular training with the right exercise program is the single most effective way to rehabilitate your back. I've refined and condensed everything that I've learned over nearly three decades into the back pain liberation system to make it the best, most effective and practical training method possible. It's suitable for any age or fitness level and it's for a regular person training in the home. So there are no weights, gadgets or gizmos. You just need to get online and come to class. And I really want to see you there. So I have a special offer for listeners to this podcast. To celebrate my return after a long gap between episodes, as well as improve your posture month, and of course the launch of my live stream classes, you're invited to attend the introductory session for the price of one. So if you're in the US or Canada, that's one dollar. If you're in the UK, that's one pound. If you're in the Eurozone, that's one euro. So this is a no brainer. Your chance to get started learning and training the back pain liberation system and take charge of your own well-being for a buck or a loony, which I think is a fun name for the Canadian dollar. Anyone listening from Canada, you can email and let me know if I'm wrong on that. Or a quid, which is what us Brits call a pound sometimes. Don't know any slang names for a euro. Maybe it's too soon for that. Let me know if you have one. Anyway, if you want to improve your posture, relax those tight back muscles, stimulate the circulation and develop better function in the muscles and joints, head over to backpainliberation.com slash podcast one. 
book your introductory session right now and let's get started within the next few days. That URL again, backpainliberation.com slash podcast one. So that's the word podcast followed just by the number one. No spaces, hyphens or any extra punctuation podcast one. So that is all I've got to say about that. Let's get back to Christine. You know, one other thing I'll mention too on the, you know, things not to do list. Um, and this is a, this is speaking to that hypermobile population uh, is really, you know, this is going to probably be my next book is really talking about how to transform um, really the way that we practice yoga um, in a way that's not creating injuries. Um, and so I talk a little bit about modifications in the book of, you know, not going too deep into poses, you know, avoiding certain poses altogether where one leg is way forward and the other one's way back. And really looking at the practice of yoga through the lens of what is our body designed to do? And is this pose something that, um, our body is designed to do and and, and you you're speaking from personal experience here aren't you because i understand that you um you were naturally good at yoga with your flexibility and the more as you progressed you found that your um your iliacus or the iliopsoas would be would be tight mm -hmm. yeah yeah as i continue i you know for the first couple years of my practice my body felt great and then as I yeah. kept going um you know it was like at five years working into 10 years um yeah. I just kept getting more and more pain really yeah. and um that's not what you're there for is it no, no you know that, and you know it's like such a, nobody kind of believes that right but yeah I have seen so many people who have gotten injured in yoga but they, yeah. they blame it on themselves. They're like, oh, well, it's my fault. Like I wouldn't, you know, it's probably because I didn't do my form right. Or, you know, and the reality is, is that there is a, you know, kind of an illness really on, and how people are being taught to teach yoga. And then, and then, you know, subsequently how people are actually teaching yoga based on, yeah. you know, really not, not scientifically based movement patterns, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're based on, you know, someone tells someone that this is a good position and then that per it's like the telephone game, you know, that yeah. these things have been passed down, um, yeah. without really examining them. And so, yeah. so I'm starting the conversation around that in the book is I talk about some of these things. Um, but this is a conversation that I intend to continue because yoga itself is a beautiful practice and it yes. benefits a lot of people. Um, but we should be able to practice it without getting injured. Yes. I do wonder how authentic the yoga that is taught in the Western world, well, you know, now it's taught in gyms and stuff. Right. I wonder how far removed that is compared to like authentic yoga practice in India. I suspect it's completely different. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you are correct. Yeah, there's actually this book that um, is a, a brilliant book. It's called Yoga Body. Um, and it was written about this exact topic. Like where, where did these movement patterns actually originate from? And they're very, yeah. very modern. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're not ancient. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is that, you know, the, 
yoga asana movement patterns um, that were done in India uh, were done with young Indian men. You know, so, okay. so the genetic makeup of a young Indian yeah. man versus yeah. a you know middle-aged Scandinavian woman. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like it's a different different body type, right? And yeah. that you know that's not necessarily um, brought into the conversation much. Yeah, yeah. And to me, uh, as I say, my my breakthrough. Um, really in getting out of chronic pain was mainly it was Tai Chi and Qigong and it was really the mind body connection Mm -hmm. which made the difference for me and I wonder if that's even part of the sort of syllabus for in a in a lot of you know yoga classes taught in gyms I, I I wonder if it's mentioned at all yeah I I, I don't know yeah I think it's definitely more focused on exercise right the externals exactly yeah. you know going going from one asana to the next right you know and flexibility like we've already been right uh discussing yeah yeah but the essence so, of yoga is about it's really connecting connecting exactly. to your body connecting to your breath being present exactly yeah um, realizing yeah. you know the essence of who you are um where your energy is flowing in your body and precisely that that yeah. is lost you know in many yeah many practices yeah yeah you know more is better we got to go deeper harder faster you know well exactly uh, which is really not what it's about no is it (laughs) if if you're getting injured doing something like this you're doing it wrong really yeah you know yeah and if you're doing it wrong it's probably because you've been taught wrong yeah I know, and I was, well, I was so, so surprised, you know, being a physical therapist for so many years, you know, I was super careful with my yoga practice. I never pushed myself beyond, I never, you know, pushed myself beyond limits that would cause pain or anything, you know, and still, because I became more and more flexible over time, um, yeah. you know, I ended up injuring myself. So it's not because, you know, I wasn't listening to my body or I yeah. wasn't, you know, it was because I was choosing to do things with my body. My body wasn't supposed to do, and I wasn't yeah. wasn't really considering the importance of balance. You know, like I talked about mobility and stability, it really wasn't. Um, I wasn't yeah. thinking through that lens, which is funny because it's one of the the primary tenets of physical therapy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like yes. physical therapy one hundred and one, and I, you know, for some reason, my I had a mental block on that when it came to yoga. So, yeah. I think this is not uncommon, you know, people might do something, you know, for other people all day in their job and then sort of neglect it in themselves. Yeah. 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 So definitely a moment of self-inquiry after that happened. Yeah. (laughs) What was I thinking? thinking? (laughs) (laughs) But I think there, you know, there is something about yoga that is, it's because it is somewhat under the realm of a spiritual practice yeah people tend to believe it blindly and i fell into that yeah. category it's yeah. it's it's a little bit you know it 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 evades um you know contemplation or criticism because yes. it kind of comes from a spiritual place yeah um yeah. and i think that that puts on some blinders that we that we have I think you're right. Yeah. 
Hmm. Okay. Interesting stuff. Is there anything that we um, that we've missed, uh, and anything else that needs to be said? Well, I just wanted to share that I loved writing this book. Um, you know, just well, oh yeah, because I was kind of when you said, "Oh, my next book will be," I thought, "Wow, that's keen." You know, because <laughs> ri- writing a book is no small thing, is it? It was not a small thing, but I decided to write this book in February of this year, and um, okay, well, that was quick. Yeah, and you're thinking straight away about doing the next one. <laughs> I'm thinking about doing it now. It'll probably be out next spring. I don't know. Um, it, yeah, it really only took me a month. I really dedicated a lot of time um, to writing it. But, yeah. um, you know, most of the hardest part was really just figuring out exactly all the pieces of the puzzle that need to go into it. And then, you know, once you have a placeholder holders, you could fill it in with information. Uh, yeah. But it really fun also creating the illustrations. I think the illustrations really help communicate the book. Um, they were they were drawn by this wonderful woman, Masha, who lives in France, and she did a okay. job at um, trying to, you know, really hard to communicate what you see in your head to another person and have them draw <laughs> it. So that was an interesting yeah. process, and she did a great job. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah, nice. I really, you know, I really enjoyed the process, and I'm so grateful that this information is out there for for practitioners and individuals to digest um, because in, in the reason I chose to write this book was because there wasn't any information about this phenomenon um, out there and now there is. And so I feel like yeah. the world now has this piece of data that can really make a difference in, in their livelihood and getting out of pain, um, their unresolved pain. So um, I'm grateful for, for you sharing this too with your audience because um, I really hope it helps a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it's that. been really interesting for me. You know, um, I've thought about the hip flexors generally, as you say in your book, but um, not this particular muscle. So mm-hmm. it's been a little bit of food for thought for me as well. I'm going to yeah definitely take some stuff away from this, well, from your book and from talking to you. So yeah, fantastic. Awesome. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Yeah, you too. Lovely talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye. That was the last episode with physical therapist Christine Koth. Head over to the show notes at backpainliberation.com slash episode 43 for all the links for Christine and her book, Tight Hip, Twisted Core, The Key to Unresolved Pain. Quote of the day, the sportsman, holder of a congressional gold medal who was featured on a five pound note issued by the Bank of Scotland and said, when I want a long ball, I spin my hips faster, was championship golfer, Jack Nicklaus. Thanks to Christine for being a great guest. Sorry to her for being so slow getting her episodes out. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Quick reminder to access the Back Pain Liberation System introductory session for $1 pound or euro, go to backpainliberation.com slash podcast one. And you can read all about how it works on that page. Get in touch if you have any questions. That's all for today. I'm Ian Barker. This is the Back Pain Liberation Podcast. All the best.